2: Welcome in. It is Bink Sunday, and it's a Chiefs game day Sunday here for Bink Sunday. I, of course, am not Jay Binkley. Jay Binkley will be with you, you Bink maniacs. He'll be with you tonight for the Chiefs post game show. And if you're listening on our sister station 106.5 The Wolf, the Chiefs pregame show, you'll hear Jay Binkley with Art Haynes giving you the college football report. But I am not Jay Binkley. I am Rob Brinton. I am filling in for Jay Binkley this morning. Got a very, very excited show. I'm very, very excited about the show today. It's the start of the Chiefs season, people. Real football is back. We had the Thursday night game. We've had two weeks of college. And now it's time. The NFL is back. A lot to get into today. We'll talk about the Chiefs, obviously, against the Browns. We'll talk about the weekend slate as a whole. We'll talk a little college football because a couple big storylines from yesterday, including Skylar Thompson at K-State. And earlier I was talking to Grant, who's producing today, and I was like, hey, if we do a segment about Iowa State, would that make you happy? And you should have seen his smile. He was grinning ear to ear. If you guys are excited for Chiefs football, Grant's double that excited to troll Iowa State. He loves it. He heats it up. Pete Sweeney will join the show at 11:30. He's the Plaid Prince over at Arrowhead Pride. So we are going to talk a lot of Chiefs and Browns, taking you up to kickoff of the Chiefs season. I've heard some people call it the Revenge Tour, the Take It Back Tour, whatever the terminology. Chiefs football is back, and I have been on Twitter. I'm big on Twitter. And i saw people outside the gates i know the gates for parking lots open in an hour i know you people are out there already you're in line you're grilling you're waiting you're clogging up the line honking and trying to get in chiefs fans are really really excited for today i'm really excited for today you heard dusty likens earlier on famous football sunday he's excited for today it's time i got esp and game day in here i got nfl game day in here it's a great morning grant are you as fired up as i am
3: yeah, absolutely. absolutely. I'm talking about football,
2: not the Iowa State thing.
3: Yeah, well, that too. But <laughs> I'm going to Arrowhead today. Oh, going to see the game, so I'm excited for that. Look at you. Cool Where are the seats? Good or nosebleeds? 50-yard uh, line upper deck, I think. Look I at you. Know.
2: Boy, that part-time board op money is better than I imagined. It's better than my money, and I do this.
3: We only we only went because we found tickets for cheap. So
2: Okay. All right, I see you. Speaking of Arrowhead. As I mentioned, I saw on Twitter, people were lined up at the gates this morning as early as 5.50 a.m., which, listen, I'm not going to disparage people who do that because God bless you for doing it. It's what makes Chiefs Kingdom, Chiefs Kingdom. If you guys didn't do it, trust me, I wouldn't be out there doing it, but I love that you guys do. I love that when people pull in the parking lot at 11 a.m., they say parking lot gates open. Really, people have been tailgating in that line for about four or five hours, and it's awesome. And it's awesome more so this season than last season. I know last season they raised a banner or whatever the terminology, you know, put the plaque up, whatever, because they were Super Bowl champions. But we all know that last year was different. Last year was weird. Last year wasn't normalcy. And I'm not talking about just the stadium because 16,000 is not a lot of people at Arrowhead. And Chiefs fans were lucky. They were one of the few teams that actually got to enjoy their, fan, their team in person. A lot of teams didn't get that at all. But Chiefs fans did, but it wasn't the same. The people who went last year said it was okay. It wasn't Arrowhead. I was offered tickets a few times. I passed because there's an allure to Arrowhead. There's a nostalgia. There's a feel. There's a smell. And 16,000 people wasn't going to give you that. But today, you're not having 16,000. You're not having tailgates that are going to be separated out by parking spots because of the spread of COVID. You're going to have Chiefs football back for the first time for a lot of you people since 2019 AFC title game. And you know what? If I'm being honest, you look at the ticket price for that game and the fact that it was an AFC title game and it was a big, big deal. Maybe a lot of you guys went to a watch party that day and didn't go to Arrowhead. It may have been since that Chargers game where Fitzmagic goes and beats the Patriots and you guys are all watching on your phone and you watch the Chiefs beat the Chargers. Kevin Harlan calls two games. That might have been the last time you guys were back at Arrowhead. It's been a long, long time. I understand the excitement. I understand being in line at 5. Well, I don't understand it, but I understand why people are in line at 5 a.m. to get in the tail, to go tailgate. Because Arrowhead is back. Chiefs football is back. I have, for a long time, largely thought the the lure, the Arrowhead, the you know, the loudest stadium in the NFL, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. While really cool, I always felt like it was kind of overplayed. It was kind of a media creation. It was kind of, oh, yeah, I mean, a lot of stadiums are good. We just gloat our chest about ours. I don't think that about today. I think the way everyone talks about Arrowhead that I think is kind of lore is real today. I saw Arrowhead Pride tweet out earlier, 100% capacity expected the game today. 100% capacity for a 3 o'clock game with the parking lots at 11 and back to cheese football, that place is going to shake. That place is going to roar. This may be one of the best arrowheaded experiences ever. If we're not counting playoff games, because they're just different, that's not really fair. It's unfair to count a regular season game against a playoff game. Cause yes, the AFC title game was probably going to be louder than today. Yes. Mahomes run, was going to be a bigger moment than you'll see today. Yes, down 24 and beating the Texans by 20 still was probably a bigger moment. But if you think, if you're listening right now and text the Jay Southland Toaster's text line, 913-576-7610, I think today has a chance to be the best regular season game ever at Arrowhead. Just, it has all the makings. All the ingredients are there for a fantastic meal, a fantastic day. You got a good Browns team. And Chiefs fans love when their good team shows up. They love to knock good teams down a peg. The Chiefs love to knock good teams down a peg. The Chiefs rise up for good games. You got that. The Browns are a good team. You got the fact that you guys haven't been there in two years. You got a three o'clock game. And I know you guys tailgate hard. Tailgating hard and getting in at noon is a little different feel than tailgating hard and getting in at 325. Stadium's going to be rocking. And you know what? Chiefs are full health. We'll talk later in the show about Tyron Matthew, his availability, et cetera, et cetera. But the Chiefs are ready to go. The Chiefs are at full go. And then there's the element of this was a playoff game last year. And the national media says, well, this game was close. It'll be close again. And Chiefs fans saw that game and they're mad that people are saying that game will be close. Grant, I'm excited for you to be here today. I didn't know you were going to Arrowhead. We probably should have talked about that before the show. I don't know. That doesn't really matter. I'm excited for you to go today. I'm excited for everyone who gets to go today. Today is a different vibe at Arrowhead. So I love college football. This is a little bit of a tangent, but stay with me. I love college football. Last week, we saw college football was back. It was actually an enjoyable television experience again because you got to see Wisconsin jump around and so on and so forth. Grant, I don't know if you saw this. Virginia Tech had fans back for the first time since 2019. They took on North Carolina. Their pregame routine is that they fire up the inner sandman and it literally got so loud and the students were jumping and it got so aggressive that there was literally a seismic event. Not an earthquake, not a huge thing, but on Richter scales, which is that is that what they're called? Yeah, Richter scale. Thank you for nodding at me. I, I was confident and then I'm like, wait a second. A seismic event happened when Inner Sandman played in Blacksburg. Arrowhead, the bar has been raised. Now, I know that Arrowhead's not on some fault line. I'm aware that the Truman sports complex is not San Andreas line. and It's going to be tough, but if Virginia tech can go out and have a seismic event, when inner Sandman roars to life, that stadium's smaller. You guys have the loudest stadium in the NFL. The bar has been raised. I'm going to tell you what's going to happen at Arrowhead. You guys are going to fill the stadium 70,000, 80,000. I forget the exact number after renovations. You're going to be packed in there like sardines. You're going to have been tailgating since 11A plus. And you know what? The Chiefs are going to take the field and it's going to be loud. But then everyone's going to get jammed in there and kickoff's going to happen. And then you guys are going to be even louder. You're going to be fired up to a 10. I saw Jay Binkley ping his head in there. He's in an 11. I don't need to be Jay Binkley level to fire it up. That's what I want today. I want a seismic event. They have inner Sandman. When this plays, you guys need a roar. uh Here's today Arrowhead. First off, Arrowhead PA System. I know you're driving out there. I know you're listening to me. I know the Chiefs listen to this show. The Chiefs love me. They love me on the show. I know the PA person is probably listening too. Whatever you guys have planned for opening kickoff, whatever song you got, change it. It needs to be, start me up. It needs to be loud. I want to hear out Harrison Butker lining up for for a kick. And this roars to life. I wanna see a seismic shake at Arrowhead. Yes, it's probably too much to ask for a seismic shake. I'm aware of that. But for two years I heard about how everyone was sad they couldn't go to Arrowhead, or people that well, did didn't have a real arrowhead experience. And that they've missed Chiefs football. I'm here every day, 2 to 6, producing the drive with Carrington Harris. I see the text line fill up, the J. Southland Toaster's text line, which feel free to interact with the show, 913-576-7610. I saw the text line. I was out there. I saw the Super Bowl banner. It was fun, but it wasn't Arrowhead. That's not the case today. Today it's Arrowhead. Today it's at full go. We'll talk about the game here in about five minutes. We'll talk about Tyra Matthews' health. We'll talk about Frank Clark's health because we always have to. We'll talk about the NFL. We'll talk about the O-line. We'll talk about all the things, all the in-game things that you guys want to get into. But I'm fired up. I hope you guys are fired up too. I've seen college stadiums fill back up. K-State last night, I watched that game on ESPN+. They looked like they had a nice crowd going. Or at least they had the camera angles make it look like a nice crowd going. I see Grant made a little no, they face. Had a good crowd. The
3: game was not. Oh, that's well, what I was making the face for is the game.
2: We'll get into the game. Well, we'll get into the one thing with the game later. I promise we'll do 95% Chiefs. It's going to be 5% college football because the best local quarterback did have a non-contact injury last night. We, we have to talk about it. We just, we do. It's, I know Grant's the leader of the Will Howard fan club, um, but we'll talk about Skylar Thompson in the show. But for now, we're talking Chiefs. But I'm excited, and I think it will make, there'll be a ripple effect. It's not just arrowhead and, oh, it's loud again, and et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. I think people who are watching at home will find the games more enjoyable. Chiefs football is going to be a meeting event again in Kansas City. Maybe it's just me, and maybe the text line is going to call me all sorts of names, cowardice, whatever. But during the Rona, I didn't really have watch parties for the Chiefs. I didn't get together with the fellas to watch football. I didn't have the octobox of red zone on TV one and then the main game on TV two and then the two TV setup for the night for the Chiefs game at 325. I didn't do that. I didn't go to bars. I didn't fill up. I didn't scout out, well, where it has cheap pitchers, what has cheap wings. Where's the spot to be today for Chiefs football? I didn't do that. I maybe you guys did, but it wasn't for me. But I think you guys are going to do it again today. I think you're back at full capacity today. And I think... And this is kind of an obvious thing, and maybe this is kind of like the duh moment of the show, and we'll knock it out 12 minutes in. Then we're going to get into some real deep stuff. We'll get the duh moment out of the way. I don't think Baker Mayfield has ever seen a crowd like he'll see today. I don't think Justin Herbert has ever played in front of a crowd like he'll see today, and he's playing in Washington. They don't have a good crowd at all. I think across the NFL, you're going to see some jitters, some penalties, some some so on and so forth. Mitchell Schwartz said it on the drive, and I, we've seen all the videos in NFL films last year where it's like, everyone's like, this is weird. So quiet, so empty in these stadiums. Well, I think NFL players are victims of habit, and they got used to the quiet. They got used to playing football in a library. And now it's back to full capacity, and road teams are in trouble across the league. They're in super trouble today at Arrowhead. I mean, a lot of stadiums rock. Arrowhead's different. I don't think the Browns are ready for this moment. And I'm high on the Browns. I'm a Browns believer. I was talking with some friends, and they were like, I'm starting to get worried about the game. And I was like, why? No one comes to Narrowhead this week and wins. No one. That team's going off a Super Bowl loss. This fan base has been itching to see the football team play. And we know the Chiefs get up big for big games. If this was the Broncos, I think you'd have all those making still. But Broncos at noon didn't have that same, you know, confidence for me team doesn't get up for small games no offense to Broncos they're a small game the Browns they're not it's weird to say that I'm a Browns believer that's a 12 and 5 football team you're playing today Kansas City oh that's what I believe a 12 and 5 football team looks like a division winning team I don't think they stand any chance none I think short of the 07 Patriots most teams come in here and get the beats today to quote Carrington Harrison the beats they come in here and they get smoked. I think today Arrowhead is going to be loud, it's going to be raucous, and it's going to be 60 minutes of football backslash party because Chiefs fans are going to be able to see their team and they're going to see their team thump someone. NFL level thumping, by the way. Let's keep what thumping means in context. No one wins the NFL by 40 or anything. This isn't the Browns. Ver- this isn't Wisconsin versus Wisconsin Whitewater. This is still an NFL team. But I'd bet the Chiefs minus six and a half. That seems like an easy win to me. That seems like they're giving away money in Vegas, six and a half. But maybe I'm just biased. Maybe I've been watching this team. Maybe I feel the city. Maybe I feel the energy in Kansas City. I think to myself, no one comes in here and wins. No one. Not the Browns. Not the Packers. Definitely not the Texans. Not anyone. Anyone. Not last year's Bucks Super Bowl team. If they played the Super Bowl today in Arrowhead, Chiefs work the Bucs. And I think the Bucs are really good. This fan base is going to be different today. This team is going to be fired up to have that fan base back at their back. And I don't think the Browns are ready for prime time quite yet. We'll talk about their rebuilt secondary. We'll talk about their pass rush. We'll talk about all the actual in-game things coming up. After the break. I will tell you the importance of Tyre Matthew being active. What can we expect from him? And we'll talk about the Chiefs pass rush, which people have already begun talking about Chris Jones, a defensive player of the year. And I think it might be time to pump the brakes on that, but still talk about how he can be super duper productive. I'm Rob Britton. This is Bink Sunday.
0: You're listening to Bink Sunday on your official broadcast partner of the Kansas City Chiefs, 610 Sports Radio. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy,
2: You can hear Jay Binkley later today on 106.5 The Wolf with Art Haynes. He'll be giving you your college report. He was texting me all day yesterday during Oregon versus Ohio State, so I know he's fired up. You can also catch him tonight on 610 Sports for your Chiefs postgame show. But I am filling in today. I will take up to noon when Josh Vernier takes over with the Royals baseball on the air. Nice little day for Kansas City fans. Royals early, Chiefs late. I know a lot of people aren't tuned into the Royals aggressively, but Salvador Perez keeps pounding homers. You should be watching. Grant in the break asked me if we're going to take calls because someone called in. Thank you for calling in. We're not taking calls. 913-576-7610. I'll interact with you on the text line. I have no problem with people calling in. We just won't be taking your calls. I can't control what you guys are going to say. You guys might pop off. You're as excited as I am, except for unlike coffee, which is all I've had this morning. You guys have been an Arrowhead drinking beers. I can't control the message. I'm a control freak, so I like the text line better. Ask anyone that's ever dated me. Top five thing about my personality. I'm a control freak. Women love it. They're all like, oh, I love that he's a control freak and that he treats Saturday with beer and college football like a holiday. Oh, he's perfect. Every woman I've ever dated says that about me. It's never been a problem. I can tell you that. I'm learning a lot about you today, (laughs) (laughs) Rob. but yeah, feel free to interact with the show on the Jay Southland toes text line. Top text. Can I please get two tickets to the game? If I had tickets to give away, trust me, I'd give them away. I do not have tickets to the game. If I had tickets to the game, I'd be going. I'm no offense. Texter. I apologize, but I can't help you out. Next top text. Waiting the best game to watch at 12 is great question. Tune in in about 15 minutes and I'll tell you that's our next segment. But first, we're going to talk Chiefs and Browns, because that's what we do. So yesterday, the news came out. The Chiefs made a roster move, making it officially official. Tyron Matthew has come out of the COVID protocol, which means he is eligible to play today for the Kansas City Chiefs. Now, he obviously tested positive for COVID. And I saw Chris Morrison tweet out today that the Chiefs will be monitoring his snaps. And that makes sense to me. But I don't want to be speculative about what his body's like post-COVID. Because COVID hits everyone differently, and I understand that. So I don't want to speculate on what his, you know, how conditioned he is, and so on and so forth. That's speculative, and I don't want to talk about players' health without knowing what I don't know. But I do know this. Historically speaking, players that don't practice under Andy Reid don't really play. And I know this injury is different than, say, a regular injury. But generally speaking, in the Andy Reid era, If you don't practice, you don't play. It's old school, but Andy Reid's been coaching football longer than I've been alive. So I trust him on his system. I trust him blindly. But with Tyron Matthew, I'll be interested. Because I think he's probably 1A or 1B, the most important player of that Chiefs defense. He's a Swiss Army knife. You guys know all the things he does. He can play deep safety. He can play in the box safety. He's your slot corner. He's one of the best slot corners in the NFL, and that's not even his position. He does it all for this team. He creates, he helps personnel packages and gives spags all sort of flexibility because he on first and 10 can basically be an in the box linebacker. And you think, oh, this is a run play and Tyre Matthew will snuff it out. Third and eight, he can be a deep safety. He can make a pick like Ed Reed. He can do it all. I think Chris Jones probably is equally as important as the defense as Tyre Matthew. But if you said Tyre Matthew's the most important player on the defense, I wouldn't fight you. I wouldn't argue. I would just accept it. But he did not practice a week because he was in the COVID protocol. Andy Reid generally doesn't let players play who don't practice. Andy Reid was asked about that this week, if Tyron could play considering he has not practiced.
0: Yeah, as long as everything's physically okay, you know. And Rick and the docs stay on top of that. So we're in communication with him, obviously. So, um, you know, if, if he can go, he'll go. If he can't, then he can't, you know.
3: Make sure he's safe to do it, though.
2: So Andy Reid is a master of saying nothing to the media, but I did find interesting there because historically you don't play under Andy Reid. Remember the AFC title game against the Titans in 2019? Chris Jones didn't play because he hadn't practiced all week and there was speculation leading to the game. Oh, maybe he'll just be a, a, or I guess it was the Texans game, excuse me. Maybe they'll play him a little bit, maybe they will use him in certain packages, da-da-da-da. Maybe it's gamesmanship by not practicing him. Nope. That's not how Andy Reid gets down. You don't practice under any area, you don't play. But he did say there, it's more of a health thing with Tyre Matthew. And he's got to get through the protocols and they'll work with Rick and et cetera, et cetera. I'm fascinated to see how much they use him today. Because again, I don't want to speculate on his health. I don't want to speculate on his lung capacity or his conditioning post-COVID. Because I don't think that's fair to anyone. Because we just don't know what we don't know. There were reports earlier in the week that he was asymptomatic. But I still think if you're asymptomatic with COVID, your body will react differently than if you don't have COVID. But it's something to monitor today. and I'm interested to see what the Chiefs do if they are limiting his snaps because of it. What the plan is. Do you see more Juan Thornhill? Do you see more Armani Watts? Maybe they get more aggressive with blitz packages because they got to create pressure because they don't have that elite slot corner. Maybe a guy like DeAndre Baker has to step up because they're going to need a slot corner in spots. I don't know how they're going to do it. Maybe he'll just play the full time. May he just ready to go. May he just a different level of athlete, which is 100% possible. And he can just go in, play 100% of the snaps and be regular Tyre Matthew. I don't know. But I know what Andy reads earlier this week that they're monitoring it and he could play without practicing all week. But generally speaking, that's not how Andy Reid works things. He's something to watch today. Just because he's clear the COVID protocol doesn't mean that he's full go. But maybe he is full go. And I don't, I don't know. We'll just see. Speaking of the defense, oh top texter is mean to me, he says we should take callers. No, go away. Speaking of the defense, on the injury report, Frank Clark. Questionable. Of course. Frank Clark is perpetually hurt. Frank Clark's in a contract year. The late great Terez Pellers said contract year's undefeated. Jorge Soler defeated it. RIP to Therese, by the way. I know that Frank Clark has more years on his contract, but they can get out from under that pretty easy at the end of the year, so he's something to watch. Earlier this week, Nate Taylor was on the drive with Carrington Harrison, a show I produce. Every Friday at 4 o'clock, you can catch Nate Taylor in studio. He was asked if this Chiefs team can count on Frank Clark this upcoming season. You have to. If you want to win his championship, you, you have to count on him. There's no other option. Now he's right. There is no other option other than to count on him because while the Chiefs do have a lot of young players that I know they believe very highly in, Mike Dan is a player I actually have a lot of hope for. The pass for, and I think Chris Jones is going to be great this year. Defensive player of the year talks crazy. That Let's not do that. He's not as good as Aaron Donald. It's not as good as Jalen Ramsey. He's not as good as, if Steph, Stephon Gilmore is not fighting with his coach. He's not as good as him. Barring injury, I, think, I don't think he wins defensive player of the year. I think it takes an incredible season, but he could have 13, 14 sacks this year and be awesome and really aid that pass rush. But Nate Taylor's right. If the Chiefs want to go the place they want to go this year, which is back to the Super Bowl, but this time put that ring on their finger. Frank Clark has to be on the field, healthy and productive. Last year, he was a six sack guy. That's not good enough. That's asking too much of players to step up and be great. And all offseason I heard about, well, Jaron Reed, the inside, will open up Frank Clark. He had his best year in Seattle when Jaron Reed was on the team. You're right. He did. So let's go see it this year. It's a contract year. You have to be productive. Vegas has the over-under for sacks for Frank Clark at 7.5. Like I said, last year he's a six-sack guy. Those numbers do not sound good to me. They sound bad. They sound like a problem. Because the Chiefs' highest paid pass rusher is only going to be a six-seven sack guy that's putting a lot of pressure on a relatively young, inexperienced secondary. And that means you're going to have to get a lot of quality playing time out of guys like Mike Dana, who I think is a good player. I think Josh Kando they drafted is in a, a redshirt year, so you're not really relying on him. But if Frank Clark's going to be inactive, which we don't know, the actuals will come out later, if he's going to be inactive... You're going to have to be aware of what he is. But he's questionable today. I know Spagnu- Spags talked to the media earlier this week. He said, we'll kind of monitor He's on a little bit of a snap count, a little bit of a pitch count. Not a great start on a pitch count. Don't love it. But if he does play today and comes in and is productive on a pitch count, I'll eat my words. But Nate Taylor's right. You have to count on Frank Clark this year. And that's a position Chiefs fans don't want to be in. Because they've soured on Frank Clark. Chiefs fans love their own. Basically, no Chiefs player in Chiefs fans mind has done wrong. But once you once the fan base turns on you, you're going to get them back. Frank Clark had the fan base turn on him. They don't love him the way they love everyone else anymore. They turned on Sammy Watkins last year. They've turned on Frank Clark. He has a chance to shut those people up this year. I'm probably one of those people. To go out and have a great season. And if he has a great season, the Chiefs win the Super Bowl. I don't know if he's going to have a great season, though. I met mean, defense hinged on him and his health. Coming up on the other side, we'll take a break from Chiefs football for just a minute. Top text then J Southland his text line 913 576 7610. His gates are open, LFG. Love this fan base. Love them. Love 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 them. The other top text <laughs> other than just how excited people are is Rob what are the games we should watch at noon? I'm excited for a full day of football. I will tell you what games to watch in the noon hour because there's actually a lot of good games today. And I will give you my playoff picks from across the NFL, which means you have time to then call up or meet someone in Iowa, get up there and place a bet because these are stone cold locks of the century. That's next on Bink Sunday. You're listening to
0: Bink Sunday on your official broadcast partner of the Kansas City Chiefs, 610 Sports Radio.
1: It's one thing falling in love with a house and quite another navigating the world of negotiating mortgage lenders and finding the budget that works best for you. Guidance from an agent who's a realtor can make all the difference because that's who we are. Realtors are members of the
2: national association of realtors. Welcome back to bank Sunday. I'm Rob Brennan filling in for Jay Binkley. You can hear Jay Binkley though tonight. Chiefs postgame show following the chiefs and Browns. Right here on 610 Sports Radio. A couple of news and notes from across the NFL as they start to leak in. It's inactive time for the early games and you fancy players. And really just fans of the game. A couple of quick notes 49ers rookie Trey Sermon is inactive today. A little bit of a surprise. He was a sleeper in fancy. Bills running back Zach Moss, inactive not with an injury so you Devin singletary owners party up i will keep you apprised of all the inactives that could affect your fancy team as we close in on kickoff of the noon games we'll talk about the noon games and what games you should be watching and et cetera et cetera here in a minute but first top text aaron the night. At 913-576-7610 on the Jays Southland Toast Service Text line. Rob, the Chiefs will win the day by three touchdowns. Miles Garrett and OBJ have been talking a lot of smack. The Chiefs are gonna sack Mayfield seven times. Take care, love the show. I agree that the Chiefs are gonna win. I do think the Chiefs are gonna thump the Browns. I'll get my official prediction here in about a little over an hour little peek behind the curtain I'm picking the chiefs I'm picking them to cover the spread too so I'm feeling confident I'm not three touchdowns confident I'm also not seven sacks confident I love the enthusiasm though, no text line love it seven sacks is a lot like that's and the Browns offensive line is really good you could argue they're the best offensive line in the NFL seven sacks is probably not gonna happen if they do get seven sacks, Baker Mayfield must have been hurt, and same with Jonah Willis and Wyatt Teller. Whole team must have been hurt because that, that's a lot of sacks. But I do agree with you on the Chiefs winning part, and I do agree with you it's going to be a big win. from we're on the same side there, disagree with seven sacks. Crap, I didn't quite hear what you said about Devin Singletary. Well, don't worry, Texter. Be happy. Devin Singletary, active and the starter. Zach Boss for the Bills. Their second-year player out of Utah. Inactive. No injury. So if you are a Devin Singletary fantasy owner, celebrate. He looks like running back one today in Buffalo. Speaking of the Buffalo Bills, text earlier came in on the Jay southland tosers text line, 913-576-7610, here on 610 Sports Radio. And they said, Rob... I'm excited for the Chiefs. What game should I be watching at noon? Because I want to just watch football all day and veg out. Well, to answer your question, it's Red Zone. Red Zone's the correct answer. Scott Hansen's going to say those words every man loves to hear. Grant, you know that meme where it's like the guy and the girl laying in bed and the girl's like, I wonder if he's thinking about other women. And the guy's like, no. You know what he's thinking about? Scott Hansen in the Octobox. That's what he's thinking about. So to answer your question, you should be watching Red Zone. We get seven hours of commercial-free football. Red Zone is the answer. But... If you're not a NFL Network person, if you don't have the red zone, if you're not a person who can mix and match TVs and get all of them in your home setup, then I got you because the noon slate is actually quite good. Now, admittedly, because I'm a red zone person, I don't know which game is the CBS local game, the local Fox game. I'm an Octobox guy, so I just I don't really know. But if you're a Chiefs fan, a couple games to watch in the noon hour. The aforementioned Bills against the Steelers. Noon, CBS. That's going to be a good one. Those two playoff teams from last year. One of those teams in the AFC title game. The other one snuck in the playoffs. One very good, but still got in. Fascinating matchup there if you want to get into the nitty gritty of football because the Bills have rebuilt their pass rush trying to combat the Chiefs, and the Steelers have rebuilt their offensive line trying to save a 95 year old man at quarterback. Also in the noon hour, Cardinals-Titans. It's a low-key great game to watch. The Cardinals are like America's darling. Everyone loves them like the little engine that could because Kyler Murray's like 5'8", and everyone loves 5'8", quarterbacks who run around. He has, what I think he was the first player in a long time to have like 750 rushing last year and 3,000 passing. So he's really fun to watch. Everyone tells me the, tit- the Titans are the second-best team in the AFC. They're wrong, but everyone tells me that. That's a good game to watch in the noon hour. This is going to make me unpopular. Washington and L.A. Great game. Great game. I know Chiefs fans hate the Chargers. The passion that burns brighter than a thousand suns. and I don't understand it. What have the Chargers ever done that makes you warranted hating them? But Chiefs fans hate them. That's a great game. Those are your fun games to watch in the noon window. That's your, that's your viewing guide. I got you. I'm here to help the people. Speaking of helping the people. HUD always tells me it's about the people. He texted me that last week. Rob, it's about the people. So you know what I'm going to do for the people? I'm going to give you the seven playoff teams in the AFC. And I'm going to give you the seven playoff teams in the NFC. And you should call your someone in Iowa, or you should call a friend in Vegas or somewhere else that has legally gambling. And you should lock in these seven playoff teams because these are no doubters. Stone cold lock of the century coming up. Here we go. AFC. So far, so good. Pretty easy. Kansas City Chiefs are going to be the one seed. I'm not breaking new ground here. I'm not reinventing the wheel with this pick. The Chiefs are the most talented team in the AFC. They have the best quarterback in the NFL. They have the best quarterback-coach combo in the NFL. They have actually a defense that I have pretty high hopes for this year. I don't think defense player of the year for Chris Jones. I think they can be very, very good. Chiefs are great this year. I think the Chiefs may start the season 6-0 and through their hard stretch, and people are going to have a conversation about, well, are they going to go 17-0? and That's the that's conversation people are going to have in Kansas City. They're your one seed, no doubt, obvious. The two seed will be the Cleveland Browns. I'm really, really high on the Browns. I think the Browns and Chiefs is going to be the AFC title game this year. I think it's going to be an arrowhead. I think you're going to see week one and week, was at 20 this season? I think you're going to see rematch. Love that O-line. I'm a Baker believer. I think that defense will eventually gel. It's not going to gel today because it's a a new look. But I like the Browns. as a two seed. They'll win the North. Three seed Buffalo Bills. I want to see Josh Allen do it again. I'm a big Josh Allen fan, but... You look at his numbers, it's a little Jorge Solerish. There's one outlier, one big, well, that doesn't make sense with the rest of his baseball card or football card, excuse me. But I think they can do it again, but I want to see it. They're the three seed. Four seed, Tennessee Titans. The division stinks, so they get to benefit from that. They'll lose in the first round. They built their team in 2021 run around running back. They're fools. They're dummies. They'll win the division because the division stinks. Your three wild card teams in the AFC. I'm about to be super unpopular in the text line. You ready for this? The Chargers are one of those teams. They have the best young quarterback in the NFL. Justin Herbert's legit. They're probably a 10, 11, 10, 11 win team this year. They'll feast on the bad Raiders and the even worse Broncos. I don't think they'll be in the Chiefs' ballpark. I don't think they're in that pantheon, but they're good enough to be a threat. They'll make the playoffs. Miami Dolphins are my other wildcard team. The Dolphins are really good. It's just a matter of, do you believe in Tua? I do believe in Tua. I think that division is going to come down to how New England plays and how Miami plays. I like Tua more and I like Mac Jones. So give me the Dolphins as a wildcard team. And then the final wildcard team, Binks' favorite. No know Binks out there listening. The Indianapolis Colts are a playoff team this year. Don't roll your eyes at me, Grant. I know Carson Wentz can't stay healthy. I know he's Teddy Bridgewater. His body's made of glass. But great offensive line, good defense, good coach. If they can just get solid quarterback play, which they did last year from Phillip Rivers. Text line already hates me for talking about the Chargers. And they, they mentioned Phillip Rivers as a reason to hate someone. Phillip Rivers won very good last year. That team was a playoff team. They can get better playoffs. They can get better quarterback play and be in the playoffs. I don't think he plays all 17 games because there's no reason to bet he would. But those are your seven AFC playoff teams. No one cares about the NFC as much, so I'll go through these faster. Packers, in, obvious. Same thing as the Chiefs. Not going to waste anyone's time. Los Angeles Rams, same deal. Same as the Chiefs, just a step below. Sean McVay's an offensive genius. You know, Sean McVay's never had a losing season? Well, that's sink in. It's crazy. Sean McVay's awesome. The way people talk about Kyle Shanahan is actually how they should talk about Sean McVay. It makes no sense why people love Shanahan but don't talk about McVay, but Sean McVay's awesome. Those are two obvious ones. I'm not going to waste your time explaining them other than my love for Sean McVay. Tampa Bay Buccaneers, same deal. I don't love that their offense looked like they had more weapons than the chiefs last night. When your third pass catcher is Antonio Brown, who looked like Steelers, Antonio Brown. That's a real problem. Real problem. It's pretty rare as a chiefs fan you watch their team and go, wow, their weapons are better than the chiefs. You can make an argument. Their weapons are better. So the bucks, obvious one. NFC East champion. Who really cares? Cause the whole division's awful. I guess I'll take the Cowboys just cause I kind of have to. Cause the whole division's awful. Dark horse in that division, by the way, is the Giants. I'm not going to pick them, but keep your eye on the Giants this year. Cowboys win the division. We'll go fast here to up against a break. Three wild card teams in the NFC. San Francisco 49ers. I just talked about how Sean McVay's awesome. Kyle Shanahan, also awesome. Just doesn't have the resume to prove he's awesome. I think he's going to get a good quarterback play this year between Jimmy G and between Trey Lance. They're a playoff team. New Orleans Saints. Jameis Winston is QB one. I think Sean Payton makes the best out of players like Jameis Winston. I think they can be a playoff team. I don't think they're a threat to win a Super Bowl, but I believe they are a playoff team and your final playoff team. Carolina Panthers lock it up. Take it to the bank. Sam Darnold is going to look good. Everyone who gets away from Adam Gase looks like a better player. When they get away from Adam Gase, they run, they escape. They get good. See Ryan Tannehill. He'll be good. I love Matt rule. They had an elite draft elite draft and last year they were 5 and 11 but they lost four of their games by single digits and they didn't have their best player they get their best player back those are your playoff teams head to iowa lock it in make lots of money go to iowa and do it legally don't call jimmy the fish from down the block and lock it in i'm not going to advise anyone to do that coming up on the other side I know we're talking a lot of Chiefs, a lot of NFL, a lot of football. I'm keeping you apprised as inactives as they come out. I do love the Twitter fills up with inactives of the day. It warms my heart. makes me feel like football is back. I'm excited. But you know what? A major storyline happened for a local college football team last night. And I would be remiss if I didn't take five minutes to talk about it. So listen, I'm promising you this. Tune in for the next five minutes. We'll talk college football. Then we'll break, and we'll get back to Chiefs and Browns. That's next on Bing Sunday. You're listening
0: to Bink Sunday on your official broadcast partner of the Kansas City Chiefs, 610 Sports Radio.
1: Hey, it's Travis Kelsey, and you're listening to the official broadcast
2: partner of the Kansas City Chiefs, 610 Sports Radio. Welcome back to Bink Sunday. I am Rob Britton filling in for Jay Binkley, but you will hear Jay Binkley tonight on the Chiefs postgame show. I believe it's the Arrowhead Pride postgame show, Jay Binkley. He'll be breaking down a Chiefs win my confidence I know I know Binks equally as confident I'm confident you can always interact with the show here on not at 913-576-7610 Jay Southland Toad Service text line top two texts Rob no one in Kansas City hates the Chargers I've met a lot of Chiefs fans they don't have any issue with the Chargers they hate the Raiders and Donkeys no one gives a rip out the Chargers text right but believe it I hate the Chargers so much I can explain the Charger hate one Philip Rivers Two, they're in the division. Three, the media loves them. God, I hate the Chargers. I don't understand it. I mean, I get the logic, but the Chiefs really do. Chiefs fans really hate the Chargers. I mean, I kind of got it with Philip Rivers, but he was like the perfect villain, wasn't he? He's like the guy's like perfect to hate. Like you need you need a black hat, and Philip Rivers was that. Does anyone really hate Justin Herbert? Other than the fact that he's good, and you don't like players who are good. Chiefs fans only like chiefs players and if another player in the nfl is good they get mad that you didn't consider a chiefs player like george kittle's a really good tight end tell a chiefs fan that and they'll be like oh, travis kelsey's better well yeah of course he's better that's not what i said i said he's good he can be good and not be better than travis kelsey but chiefs fans don't like that i wonder if they feel the way about justin herbert justin herbert's good well Mahomes is better well yeah duh I'm a good radio host. There are better ones. I'm aware of that. That's why I'm on the weekends. So I promised you we would talk for a very small amount of time about college football. I love college football. It's an incredible sport. It has its flaws. I'm aware of it. I'm not numb to the flaws. But for the next three minutes, we're on college football. Because last night, local product, Fort Osage product, Pride of Independence, Missouri, Skylar Thompson, in his super senior year for K-State, went down with a non-contact injury. Chris Kleiman on the field, there are photos of the AP had, or maybe it was USA Today. I apologize for not letting the publication. And you could tell that Skylar down the field was emotional for Kleiman. He was asked in post game to give an update on his quarterback. Visited with him at the time, and uh, I was pretty emotional. It's a pretty special kid to me, and um, saw it happen Um,
0: last year in the second game and kind of had deja vu kind of going through my mind and and I'm sick for the kid devastated Um, and we'll pray for the best and and
2: see what happens. Now I'm no K-State fan. I would never pretend to be one, but I've liked Skylar Thompson for a long time. I thought he kind of got jobbed a little bit because Bill Snyder was kind of toying with, is he the starter or is he not when he first showed up on campus But basically, ever since that happened, he took the job and he took it over and was great. He's been great. And he got hurt last season. And K-State was actually really good last season. Then he got hurt and the wheels kind of fell off. Grant, you know better than most. The wheels kind of fell off. But Skylar Thompson's a really good quarterback. And he was, I think, Bink said he's one of the best quarterbacks he's seen in high school. And I was excited to have him and Deuce Vaughn back this year as a college football fan. And to have him go down with a non-contact injury just sucks. It really does. Now, I know that K-State's optimistic they can maybe get him back later in the season. They're hopeful. But if he doesn't come back, which I don't know, we get robbed of Schuyler Thompson because Schuyler Thompson is a really good quarterback and, by all accounts, an even better dude. So I'm, I'm, I'm sad for K-State fans. I did have high hopes for K-State fans. They're going to finish, like, fourth in the Big 12, maybe 3rd. They could push Oklahoma State, especially the way Oklahoma State looked yesterday. They could definitely push them. I don't think they can push them with Will Howard. I'm hoping Skylar Thompson's injury isn't bad, but I do feel for the kid. Or is he still a kid? I mean, he's a six-year senior. He's an adult now. He's a grown man. But either way, I feel bad for him. Speaking of K-State, you know what K-State fans hate? Iowa State. Grant, my producer today is a Kansas State fan. Grant, I'm gonna do something just for you. I'm gonna give you one minute uninterrupted. I got the clock rolling. You can just troll Iowa State because they lost another Cyhawk Hawk trophy yesterday, this time at home, and they were black and white like dummies. So I'm going to give you one minute, unfiltered,
3: trolling Iowa State, Grant, go. I, I don't even know, does Iowa State deserve an entire minute of my, of my time? Like, should I have to think about Iowa State for a full minute? <laughs> they made me think about them all offseason. Like, oh, they might be college football like dark horses for the playoff and then they get rolled in their second game of the year against their in-state rival. They're not even the best team in their state. They may not even be second. They had a rough one against Northern Iowa. I, I think a minute is is far too generous for them. That's 30 seconds. If, if You've you got 30 seconds more to hate, but if you feel like the hate has flowed. I, I don't know. I feel I feel like I've appropriately addressed the issue. I don't like them. I don't think they're very good. Brock Purdy showed again yesterday that you know he's not a top-tier quarterback. Uh, that's all I got. They're terrible. <laughs> I don't know why we thought that they'd be different. They are who we thought they were. They always have been. They're just like Tottenham. They're just never going to be any good. Love the reference. Love
2: it. If you can fit some Iowa State and some Spurs hate into one minute, love it. That's what people come here for. They don't want to hear about my takes. They don't want to hear about the Chiefs. They want to hear you hate on Iowa State, and then they really want to hear you hate on Tottenham because that's that's – Across all Kansas City is Tottenham hate.
3: Like, realistically, <laughs> what did we think would be
2: different with <laughs> Iowa State, man? <laughs> that is your college football minute today on the show. I promise I will talk Chiefs football on the other side. We'll talk about the biggest storyline the Chiefs had all offseason. No, it's not. Canaan McCole-Hartman take the next step. I'm not talking about that. That's boring. We're going to talk about the rebuilt offensive line. Woo! That's next on Bink Sunday. You're listening to Bink Sunday
0: on your official broadcast partner of the Kansas City Chiefs, 610 Sports Radio. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds.
1: So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.
0: TuneIn is the audio platform with something for everyone